0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. Taylor, this week kicks off the Buffalo Sabres Prospect Challenge, with the Sabres facing off against the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils Prospects. Little bit of a abbreviated group for the Sabres, some of their top prospects, such as Owen Power, uh, not participating in the prospect challenge. However, there was some pretty big news today that came out and really, I mean, big, I guess, for this time of year for, you know, early September hockey news. That the Sabres are moving Jack Quinn to center for a little bit to see if his game will translate there. And I think this is a particularly interesting move um, and a smart one because it's not like when they drafted him, there were three other really quality, probably better prospects than him, just who were natural centers just available and waiting there, you know, so it's really smart that rather than drafting a better player for one, but also not drafting the more valuable position and drafting him in a winger, you know, I I just think it was a really good move on their part to then not even, you know, two full years after the draft to look back and say, you know what, we should probably move this guy. I think we might've made a mistake. You really just like love to see that. I mean, can you imagine if for whatever reason, there were three really good slam dunk centers who were just sitting there in Jack Quinn's spot. At this point, I mean, if you look back, you know, we had Jack Eichel as our number one center, Dylan cousins, we had just drafted the year prior, which, you know, great. But beyond that, not a whole lot of center depth. And this was also before Sam Reinhardt even made his move to center. So we
1: we had just traded for uh, like a 38 year old or we were just about to trade for a 38 year old. Anyway, they correct. Yeah. Their
0: second line center was Marcus Johansson the year prior. Exactly. And so you didn't really have a ton of depth there. So like, I get it, you know, if, if, if only there were three centers who based on their draft, like their draft year production, their draft profile, you know, were better than Jack Quinn, if only that was reality, but you got to take the worst player, you know, the more unpredictable player, you just, you got to do it. You got to do it, but it didn't matter anyways, because it's not like there were better players who were available or anything, right? Oh, what are you going to do? It's like, imagine if you like you needed a defenseman, you're pretty thin on the blue line
1: as a a rebuilding team. And you took like the fifth best forward available who like spent his whole last uh, draft year uh, piling up secondary assists instead of taking one of three really good defensemen. And then, like two years later, after three years later, after he had like eight points in 102 AHL games, you're like, "Damn, we got to flip this guy for a defenseman." Not as good as any of those other defensemen. So,
0: right, it's like imagine if to be if a pattern. If you could have instead of having that bad forward, like could have had somebody like I don't know Charlie McAvoy or like Jacob Chakrin, who are now like two of the best defensemen in the NHL. Imagine, you know, like alas, though, uh, unfortunately, the Sabers <laughs> just. You know, just get put in these positions where there's nothing else they can do. Psych! I know you can't go back and change the past or anything like that, but oh my God, is this not what everybody was complaining about when they took Jack Quinn instead yeah. of Marco Rossi or yes. Cole Perfetti or Anton Lindell?
1: And to be fair, like, uh, it's not clear yet. Like, it just, it might be just something they're doing in prospect camp, but if it's like, if there's actually, well, not prospect camp, whatever this thing is, Uh, if he comes to training camp as a center or plays in the AHL this year as a center,
0: that'd be really annoying. I wouldn't like that. I mean, it could end up working out for what it's worth. You know, it's important to uh, start talking about, well, yeah, it's important to preface this by saying, you know, if he ends up working out and it pans out, like that's awesome. But again, this just goes back to everybody's worst fear. When they made that pick, there was absolutely no reason, none, You cannot give me, nobody can give me any kind of rational explanation for taking Jack Quinn over Rossi or Profetti into a lesser extent, Lindell. There's none. Like there was an inexcusable move. I don't like, no matter what, like you, that's just, and of course there's always the possibility that maybe Quinn ends up taking off with, with his career. And then the other guys don't pan out to what we think that they're supposed to be, but We don't know that for one early returns on both counts, you know, obviously Rossi is a bit of a, a special case considering his COVID struggles that he had uh, his bout with COVID, but you know, he's going to be back to full health and he's going to be playing this year. So we we don't know yet how these guys are going to pan out. However, at the time it was conventional wisdom. It was every scout, any person who pretty much just had like a surface level understanding of the prospects that year or of the, of the draft eligible players that year would have taken Rossi or Profetti ahead of Jack Quinn for a myriad of reasons. And, and, and production, obviously being the one and the consistency there, we, we have talked about that plenty of times that Quinn really didn't come on until it was, you know, the year before the season, before he was drafted and in large part, he was playing on an Ottawa 67 team that was pretty dominant um but I, I i mean this is why you draft centers like early this is why you need to be targeting centers because of, of their value not only just for you know what they bring on the ice and everything but for situations like this because now you look at the sabers with you know sans jack eichel and sam reinhardt and while rossi or Profetti may not be playing first line center this year for you you still feel a Hell of a lot better about the prospect pool having one of those two guys instead of Jack Quinn. I think undoubtedly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Or even, maybe even more than Cousins, if you could still consider him a prospect. So, uh, this uh, prospect uh,
0: challenge thing we got going on, what are you looking forward to? Are you going to watch some of this? Yeah. I'm going to try and keep up. Um, I mean, there's some definitely, you know, the thing that's kind of funny about it is that there's more invitees than there are actual like prospects for the Sabres. Um, But there are some guys who I'm definitely interested in. I mean, obviously Jack Quinn is probably at the top of that list considering how much kind of, hinges on him panning out and hitting like what a difference it could make for the franchise, both in the short and the long term. you know, he's talked about wanting to make the team out of camp this year. I don't think he's ready. And I don't necessarily think he will, even if he was ready. I don't know if they'd want to put him in that position right now with how bad they're going to probably be, but very curious to see him and I guess how his game transitions to center. I mean, JJ Paterka is definitely maybe if maybe even more than Jack Quinn, like my interest an intrigue with him. Um, I think that his draft profile has been rising pretty much from the moment that we drafted him. And, you know, with him being an early second round pick, you know, his, his initial uh, projection was potentially to be a guy who would be taken in the twenties and he ended up falling And the Sabres as we've since learned, moved up specifically so that they could draft him. I'm very interested to see how he's going to look both in this camp, but also for Rochester for this year too. Um, elsewhere. I mean, there's some other guys too, who just like down the list, at least looking at the forwards. I, I mean, our two roots to line in is, I don't know how he's considered a prospect still considering he's less than a year younger than like Eichel, but we're, and he's, I think has what, like six or seven years of professional hockey under his belt now. <laughs> um, but he's still there for whatever reason, but he's going to be a mainstay on the team this year. Probably I should send a uh, Gergensen
1: to prospect camp.
0: Why not? It's It'd be really, really funny. Um, otherwise though, I mean, not really a whole lot else. I I mean, it intrigues me that much. Oskari Las, uh, Laxkanen and, and Matias Samuelson on the blue line are really the only two that I think are even, if I'm not mistaken, uh, even Sabres prospects right now or property of the Sabres. But Laxkanen, we all know his deal. Third round pick from Botterill that was pretty much out of nowhere. Then his draft profile pretty much immediately goes up the year following his, his draft. Uh, beyond that, starts to falter a little bit, got some experience in Rochester last year, but this is going to be, you know, a a big test for him. And Matias Samuelson, he got some time with the Sabres late in the year last year, potentially going to try and make a push for a roster spot. I think that the blue line is pretty much filled out at this point and we'll most likely see him back in Rochester, which will be a good thing. But those two, I guess, are of interest. And then really at the end of the day, you know, the other one who's maybe if we're being honest has the potential to be the most, pivotal like piece of the organization is Uko lukunen the team seemingly is giving him every opportunity to make this team out of camp you bring in craig anderson and aaron dell you're not expecting <laughs> one of those guys to shine and steal the job
1: well maybe i, I mean listen man depending on the number they gave craig anderson like
0: three days away from like an aarp card okay like uh, i'm can, just don't
1: you can't you join aarp when you're 40 can he already do that
0: Jesus. Well, then there you go.
1: But uh, the other fella, our, our good friend, the founder of Dell Computers, Michael Dell, or is it? No, it's not Michael Dell. It's not actually him. Guys, folks,
0: it's a joke. Did we talk about the Miller thing too? I mean,
1: might as well be. So, Aaron Dell. Uh, Aaron we Dell. We not talk about this, right?
0: Because this happened. No, because this, this happened week. on Monday. Oh, my God.
1: Who would you rather have in net? Aaron Dell wearing number 30 or Michael Dell? Michael Dell or Mike Lindell,
0: Mike Lindell, anybody, but Aaron Dell, the my White. pillow guy, listen, it's, it's preposterous. And we've talked about Miller. I think we had an episode even earlier this year when things were a little bit slower, but the Sabres, we know they have too many jerseys retired right now more than they should. We'll say like Danny Gare probably shouldn't have his Jersey retired. Um, Tim Horton, same kind of deal. I know you and I, I think, differ on having LaFontaine's jersey retired, where I'm in favor of it. And I don't think that you are as much, but Miller, I don't think that there's even a debate that he deserves to have his number retired. And the fact that you waited, like from the time he left in 2014 until now in 2021, and you give it to a guy who might not even make the team. I mean, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so people said, like, um, someone else had been given, I'm trying to think who it was, was it Hauser? Hauser had been given this number in training camp, and it was like they weren't going to actually use it in games, and maybe with, but Dell's going to play, that's different, we thought Hauser wasn't going to, we didn't think Hauser was going to be in the NHL at all last year, much less starting, you know, as many games as he did. Right, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been around at all. So Dell, uh, good chance he's the backup goalie or starter, who knows. Uh, so you, you will see him. So you might as well just give him the number you think he's going to have. As long as it's training camp and it doesn't matter,
0: then don't give him 30. Give him like 80. Right. Anything. Him, yeah. Anything. And the fact that they like public, like, it, it, it's just, <laughs> you think that there's just some things that are just so tone deaf that they would be immune to it. I, I'm I'm literally floored. Like I, I was just unreasonably angry when I had saw that. And I don't even think it's unreasonable, actually. It's it's bullshit. Like it is unbelievable that they would do something like this. I mean, not for nothing too, but like let's think about the fact that Ryan Miller also just retired the past year. All that we've heard from Sabres fans, not all, but like a big thing that we've heard is that they need to re-engage with the Sabres Hall of Fame and they need to do more to engage with the fans because of how bad the team is going to be. They need to do that whether the team is going to be good or bad, but like it's something that has been severely lacking. And you are just pretty much gifted on a silver platter, Ryan Miller retiring this year after this or past season and next year is going to be ugly on like no doubt about it this would have been such an easy thing that you could have had marked on the calendar for, you know, halfway through the season to give people something to look forward to. And it, they just botched it, like completely. You should have, even if you wanted to try and make the case for not retiring his number, but actually, no, you, you can't even make that case because his number should be retired. You could have had his induction into the Sabres Hall of Fame and his jersey retirement ceremony. And for what it's worth too, what if you could have went took some of those guys who were on the 05 to 07 teams, induct some of the more marquee ones into the Sabres Hall of Fame who aren't in the league anymore. You do Miller, Briere, Pominville, and Vanek all on one night and the same night that you hang Miller's jersey into the rafters. Like something like that could have just been so cool to look forward to. And that's four guys right there who are all out of the league who I think 100% deserve to be in the Sabres Hall of Fame.
1: For sure. I'd have to look back and see when they stopped inducting people. Cause like, I bet Shatan's not in. Shatan probably wasn't oh, he should probably, retire Yeah, For sure. He hundred percent should be in. So yeah, it's a, it's an, uh, it's annoying, but hopefully we don't see him in the actual NHL wearing that number this year. That would be very stupid.
0: Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off week two. DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you do not want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of
1: $1 in any Week 2 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free
0: shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
1: But anyway, uh, in, in other hockey news, maybe better news, who knows? Uh, Turner Sports unveiled its NHL broadcast team yesterday. Did oh, I missed this. We got it. All right. So we got the the main play-by-play duo or the main broadcast duo is Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchuk. So they're holdovers from NBC. Not holdovers, but they're coming over from NBC. Uh, Gretzky will be in the studio show. Joining with uh, analysts Rick Tockett and Paul Bissonette.
0: <laughs> be bizarre yes is, progressively went downhill with each passing <laughs> super
1: <name. laughs> weird so it's like Gretzky I love him he's you know one of the best players seems like a swell guy I don't know if he's gonna be good in the studio he's kind of a hockey guy he's very very even keeled doesn't really give a lot of interesting takes Rick Tockett another these guys all have Phoenix Coyotes uh, connections don't they
0: oh yeah that's right actually
1: yeah Tockett uh former coach. I don't know anything about him other than he had a gambling uh, issue of some kind in the eighties or nineties. All right. That's a weird selection. And then Bissonette is going to be super weird between those guys. He's much younger than both of them. And he's like, got that kind of barstool vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, and then they also have a, uh, a secondary uh, play-by-play tandem of Brendan Burke and analyst, uh, Darren Pang. All uh, right. Ice level analyst Keith Jones taking his old friend Pierre's spot. Oh boy. And a contributor Jennifer Botrill. What uh, was that last name? Jennifer Botrill, along with Jackie Redmond and Tariq El Bashir. I cool. Don't actually know any of those people, but that'll be interesting. The to names learn about, definitely you, sound
0: familiar. How about that? New faces. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it an amazing thing?
1: Um, and there's one more person I thought that they said, oh, Liam McHugh is coming over from NBC as well.
0: Is he leading like the intermission shows and stuff?
1: Yeah, so it'll probably be McHugh and the, uh, the Coyotes contingent.
0: <laughs> Fair. Well, that'll be interesting. I mean, even though there's some on like the ESPN side of things that I'm not exactly thrilled about like people who they have on board. I mean, ESPN's team is much larger, but there's some really interesting names that I'm pretty excited to kind of get their insight on. I mean, I definitely, even though Gretzky is like a big hockey guy, like it's going to be interesting. He doesn't do a whole lot of stuff like this. So I think that'll be cool to kind of see him in a different light. Um, I know from like ESPN too, like I think Mark Messier is kind of interesting. I I don't really know much about him on like a personal level, but like I think he kind of intrigues me a bit. There's a couple other people too, whose names I'm just forgetting right now on the ESPN side. Torts. Jesus. Well, I'm going to just ignore that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty excited. I don't know. what Taylor, generally speaking, just knowing what we know now between TNT and then also ESPN. I mean, are you feeling like, I think it's obvious that we're all feeling better about the broadcasts for next year, but are you feeling like, to what degree are you feeling as though this will be improved both from the actual dissecting of the game, but also from the entertainment value standpoint?
1: Well, I know at least the first year should be good because the last, I don't know, 10 years have been us walking into the NBC season. Well, with the exception of last year, I guess, uh, with almost the entirely same crew, Liam or Catherine leading the intermission with Keith, Mike Milberry, Jeremy Ronick. I know Ronick and Milberry weren't there this past year. And then Doc and Eddie and Pierre on the actual broadcast. And it was like, Jesus, this shit again? Like, come on. Uh, we all were sick of it. And most of those people weren't good at their jobs. Right. So the people they brought back, Eddie Ulrich's fine. Uh, Kenny Elbert, when he took over for Doc, he's good. I like him. Mm-hmm. And Liam McHugh's fine. He's decent at his job. Uh, but I'm excited because it'll be just like, it's new. Like maybe even if it goes wrong and it's not working, it's not something that I'm going to have to roll my eyes. Like I, I can't believe I have to see Mike Milbury again or... They brought in Mike Babcock this past year for some reason. So it's not going to be like that. Uh, Whereas the entertainment side of it on both, both ends ESPN and TNT. Yeah, it could go wrong. There aren't a lot of good studio shows.
0: Right. So you know what they really missed out on? I think we had, we had talked about this when this had kind of all first broke that they were leaving NBC and going to TNT and ESPN. I so badly, Wish that on a consistent basis we could hear two guys calling play by play. Mike Tirico for one, mm-hmm. and Mike Breen. Oh, Mike Breen! How sick would that be to hear him? Well,
1: call? Now that they could give Mike Breen a game or two, right? I that's mean, that's what I I'm don't...
0: hoping. I'm hoping TNT will do that. That'd be sweet. Yeah, why not? Yeah, dude, he would be so good at that. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah.
1: You know, well, unfortunately, we'll never hear Tirico now.
0: Well, well maybe the Olympics though. Yeah. Oh. That I need to hear. Yeah, that would be amazing. Huh.
1: By the way, uh, Breen is a ESPN, not TNT. Uh, he'll so he's still he? the same thing.
0: Oh well, either way, yeah, perfect. Yeah, hey, who does who does play by play on TNT for NBA? Then
1: that's a gr- that's a great question.
0: We're gonna find this shit out.
1: Is it? It's not Marv halvert still, is it?
0: Hold on. Let's see here, folks. Oh, my God. I think it actually might be. Let's see. um, What about Harlan? Is he too?
1: Oh, Harlan. Yeah, that's right. Kevin Harlan. Him and Breen don't sound all that different. But Kevin Harlan. Yeah, okay, Kevin Harlan. Even Harlan, I would
0: like to hear too.
1: Brian Anderson. I can get down with any of the NBA guys, honestly. I didn't know this, that Ian Eagle and Spiro Didis are alternates for TNT. (laughs) To be honest, I didn't
0: know that. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Harlan. So Harlan, even Harlan's great too. Mike Breen's my favorite. Yeah,
0: I would do any, I mean, I would take Harlan or, or, I mean, Jesus, get them both, get all of them in. Have Tariko do the Olympics, bring on Breen for ESPN broadcast and then do Harlan.
1: Are you uh, heartbroken that you're never going to get a Bob Costas hockey game?
0: Heartbroken is an interesting word, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In short, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, maybe they'll put Are him you? on Olympic hockey. No, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: No. Hmm. Anyway, so you know, it's funny that L. Michaels um has done very few hockey games in his life, and it did play-by-play for maybe
0: the most famous hockey game ever. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because he never. I mean, he really never even did like the NBC games when they had him. No. No. I mean, now he Private. works very
1: little. He's just almost. He's pretty much an exclusive football guy now. He's yeah. done everything else but very little hockey except for that one game. Everyone remembers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any uh, recommendations or former Sabres?
0: (sighs) Former Sabres. uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Miller because of the disrespect. I'm going to, I'm going to show Ryan some respect. We know he's a longtime listener of straight up Sabres. He's a big fan of the show. Good, good friend of the pod. And uh, he's the only number 30 in my book. All I'm saying is if I show up to, you know, Key Bank Center for opening night, which I won't do anyways, but if I did and I see people burning Aaron Dell jerseys, I'm just going to walk right by. Wow. Not even say a word. I'm just joking. (laughs) It's not Aaron Dell's fault, but it's Michael
1: Dell's fault.
0: Michael Dell's fault. No, I suck. I have to think that like something's going to happen. I mean, I, I don't know. I well, would hope that that dude even realizes <laughs> like the the gravity of the situation is like you know what I'll be 31 instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you, Taylor?
0: Do you have any racks or? Uh... Yeah,
1: my my former Sabers, me Jordan Leopold, no reason given. So my no. recommendation. So there's a tragedy yesterday. Uh, Norm McDonald died at oh, 61 of secret so secret. Uh, I almost said secret cancer, cancer that he had been keeping a secret. Uh, so. My recommendation, I don't really need to get too much into Norm for most people here, I imagine. But, I mean, if you know him, you know him. And you know you've probably already been uh, looking back into his stuff. If you don't know him, he's maybe – a lot of people describe him as the funniest person ever live. I don't disagree with that assessment really. Wow. He's he's like funny at a level that I couldn't understand and in a totally unique way, said things and probably got away with things that no one else could. Famously didn't get away with some things Mm. uh, on SNL but he's fantastic uh, like a comedian's comedian but one of the people that or artists or entertainers or whatever that you you feel grateful to have shared uh, the earth with for a while so my recommendations uh, if you don't know a lot of norm or if you only know like his more famous stuff on SNL look up his weekend update monologs There they're not really monologues but his weekend updates on SNL when he was at he's in my opinion the best weekend update guy they've ever had they're unbelievably like you can't crazy. believe he actually got away with that
0: crazy uh, his, stuff. His
1: SP's monologue from 1998, that's on YouTube. This is all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. One of his many talk show appearances on Letterman or Conan. Conan, those are mostly on YouTube. Uh his sports show is mostly on YouTube. It's mostly available there. It was literally just called The Sports Show with Norm Macdonald. Uh and then is there any anything else big?
0: Did you see I- the I saw Blake Griffin shared the thing from his oh, book, he, from his yeah. sophomore year where. <laughs> oh that's so good or he's like uh you know it's a pretty hard war- hard word to repeat do you think you're gonna go uh, back-to-back rookie of the years or whatever like that's <laughs> just so good uh that's like, it's never r- been done before in the history in the league yeah
1: <laughs> and then if you get the chance two other things the video podcast network stuff clips which are insane and i don't think anyone actually watched while they were going on and then he hosted like a weird internet award show and showed up in a sweatsuit and very clearly did not take it seriously or respect anything about it.
0: Oh my God.
1: If you can find that, I don't know exactly how to look it up. I've watched the, the whole thing before. It's with he's with uh, Jenny slate during it. But yeah, anyway, oh, I love Jenny slate. Yeah. Any, any of that stuff uh you can find it. Cool. Hopefully, all on YouTube. Pretty much. RIP
0: to norm. Yeah. Seriously, a Comedy legend is putting it lightly, honestly. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As we had said in the middle of the episode there, make sure you're checking out our sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings, and using our promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. But in the meantime, we hope you all have a great rest of your week and great weekend. And we'll talk to you soon, everybody. This has been Straight Up Sabres.